A reading from the 20th chapter of the Gospel according to Luke, beginning with verse 27. Some Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to Jesus and asked Him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first married and died childless. Then the second and the third married her. And so in the same way all seven died, died childless. Finally the woman also died. In the resurrection therefore, Whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, Those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore. Because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story about the bush, where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is God not of the dead, but of the living. For to him all of them are alive. Then some of the scribes answered, Teacher, you have spoken well. For they no longer dared to ask him another question. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's some background information here that might be helpful. The Sadducees were members of a particular sect of Judaism. They didn't believe in any kind of life after death at all. This life, they said, was all there was. And the reason they didn't believe in it, because they said it wasn't in the first five books of the Scriptures. The first five books of Moses, what is called the Pentateuch. This is what they said. Because it's not written there, it doesn't exist. Now clearly Jesus has been preaching resurrection. And one of the stumbling blocks for Christians sometimes is we get to thinking that all Jesus is about is getting our ticket punched and getting to heaven. And we miss out on the richness of the blessings of this life that God has for us in simply knowing God. Knowing God is the best thing there is. I wonder, do you agree with that? Is the best thing there is knowing God? Is the absolute best thing in your life knowing God? It matters. And it matters because what Jesus is teaching them is about relationship with God. You see, they've come to the idea that they can get Him a gotcha question. They can test Him. Because she can't have seven husbands. That's adultery. And so in the resurrection, whose wife will she be? And these are not foreign questions to us, for we all struggle with the idea of will we be married in the new age? Will we be married in the new creation? 
Will we have the same relationships that we have now? And all of that is born out of our desire that eternal life be nothing more of an extension of what we know now because we're afraid of what we don't know. But if we know God, then perhaps we might be persuaded to think that if it's what God has for us, it's good. And that whatever it will be, will be better than what we know in this life. That's why your pastor has very little patience for Uncle Frank died and went to heaven to play golf stories. And you will never hear me tell one of those in a funeral because they make a mockery of our faith. It's okay for us to believe that we die and go to heaven, but there's nothing in in the Bible that says that. You need to know that. What we are told is that our death, we go to be with Christ and we don't know what that looks like. That's not spelled out for us. There are some who believe... Some Christians believe that when we die, we enter into a soul sleep until the resurrection. But whatever you believe about that, if you believe that the soul sleeps in the grave until it's raised from the dead when Christ comes at the end, or you believe that some part of us in spirit or soul goes to be with Christ until the resurrection, both of those are tenable from the Scriptures. But you cannot leave out resurrection. That's why it's in our creed. That's why we say we believe in the resurrection of the body. Because Paul says that this body of humiliation will be changed and raised perfect and be like Christ's body. A gloryful body. A body of glory. How about that? You ever looked at yourself in the mirror and looked at yourself and said, boy, that's a body of glory? One day it will be. Because nothing will be like it is now. But they were going to get Jesus. They were going to get Him. Because they wanted Him to see, pick, pick one husband. Or say all seven. And basically what He's doing is condoning adultery. And they're trying to say that the resurrection can't be true. Why are you preaching something that is false? That's where they want to get Him. But if you know the story of Jesus, then you know that He had predicted His death and His resurrection over and over and over and over. Jesus raised from the dead. Resurrection is what that is. The first word there. And without the resurrection, there is no eternal life. Without the resurrection of Jesus, no part of us survives death. The idea of an immortality of the soul comes from Plato, not from Jesus. Without the resurrection, there is no eternal life. But what is eternal life? Here's a cool thing Jesus said when He was praying. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify Your Son so that the Son may glorify You since You have given Him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom You have given Him. And this is eternal life. You listening, church? This is eternal life, Jesus said, that they may know You, that they may know You, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life is not something we wait on. It's not something we pass into when we die. It's who we are now. If we have believed in the resurrection, we have eternal life now. Some part of us has passed from death to life. But sometimes, like the Sadducees, we trivialize the resurrection with the thoughts of who will I be married and to To who? Will I really have a mansion? Or some people are terrified that in the new age to come, in the age of life, in the age of heaven, in the kingdom of heaven, in the new creation, whatever your favorite term is, some people are terrified that they will be married to their spouse now. 
I hope you're aware of that. There's a true story of a preacher who preached a funeral and said over and over and over to the, to the widow, you'll be reunited with him. You'll be reunited with him. And she was so set, upset afterwards, she went to that pastor and says, please don't tell me I have to be married to him for all eternity. What makes us think that it will look like just now? It won't. Everything will be different. Jesus is saying here that people are given in marriage now because we have to have children so that life will go on. But in the age to come, there will be no more death. Remember that from Revelation. No more death, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain. For the former things have passed away. Even death has died, Paul says. But sometimes we get caught up in telling stories about Uncle Jim and Aunt Jean are arguing around the breakfast table in heaven. I've told you that story before. But my Uncle Jim and Aunt Jean were professional arguers. It's how they express love. Just like in that Andy Griffith episode where the two people threw dishes at each other every morning. Remember that? And Andy taught them how to be civil to each other and they were miserable. That was my Uncle Jim and Aunt Jean. They loved to fight. But I can't imagine them doing that for all eternity. But we get caught in those traps and that's the trap that the Sadducees are in. Because they're not thinking about the power of God to liberate us from sin. They're thinking that this resurrection is just somehow that we go on like we are now forever, but it's not. It's about life being freed from the bounds of sin and death and everything that comes against us that prevents us from being just as God wants us to be. One of the famous ways... We make nonsense of it sometimes. Even famous preachers are guilty of. I'm sure you've heard Billy Graham say this, I never saw a U-Haul behind a hearse. You know why he said that? Because some people honestly believe they're taking their money with them. Some people believe that if they're rich in this life, they'll be rich in the next. But Jesus said, Woe to you who are rich, for you have received your blessings in this life. That's a struggle, right? Well, what Billy Graham didn't know is that there was somebody prepared. <laughs> this guy didn't get it. See, I can, I can take it with me. I got it in the hearse. Got it in the U-Haul right now. Very often we think about heaven as an extension of this life. Oh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have that mansion Jesus talked about. What Jesus meant is that there's room in Him for you. There's no big giant mansion waiting on you. It's just Jesus. And Jesus is better than the mansion. It makes a cool gospel song and all that kind of stuff, but it misunderstands what he's saying. There's nothing better than knowing Jesus. Jesus said eternal life is this, knowing you, the one true God and the one who you have sent, Jesus Christ. If you want to know what eternal life is, get into knowing God. Give yourself to knowing Him fully and completely and standing on His promises for your life. That what you have in this life ain't what matters most of all. What matters most of all is having Jesus in this life. And using the things of this life to honor and glorify Him. And if we believe in resurrection, we can do that and not feel cheated. But if we don't believe in resurrection, then we'll believe that we got to get everything here and now and other people don't matter. That this life is all there is. 
And that would be sad. Because if this life is all there is, we are most to be pitied, Paul says. If there is no resurrection from death, then we have believed a lie. If there is no resurrection, we have believed a lie. Here's some some of my favorite verses about resurrection from the Bible, maybe yours. John 3:36, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Did you hear that? Remember last week when we had who is Lord on the wall and I invited you to admit that Jesus is your Lord? Have the Son, you have life. Jesus didn't say whoever has the Son will go to heaven when he dies. He said you have eternal life now. Why wait to live it then? What about this one? John 5, 24, Very truly I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes, him who sent me has eternal life and does not come under judgment, and listen to this, but has passed from death to life. Already you have passed from death to life. It's a powerful thought, isn't it? Already you have passed from death to life. These are the promises of God, by the way. You remember you sang that song a minute ago about how you were standing on those? Listen to this one. Let what you heard from the beginning live in you. If what you heard from the beginning lives in you, then you will live in the Son and in the Father. And this is what He has promised us, eternal life. Life that is beyond the reach of sin and death. Not later, but now. Because eternal life and resurrection are about relationship with God. That's what Jesus is saying to the Sadducees. You remember they said, well, they don't believe anything that's not in the first five books of the Bible. So Jesus quotes to them from one of the first books of the Bible, the book of Deuteronomy. Or Exodus 3, excuse me. He quotes from them from Exodus 3 and says, Don't you remember how Moses said that God said that He was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? If someone says, I'm the daughter of Sam, what is their relationship to Sam? Anybody? Daughter, right? They're defining something about themselves. If they say, I'm the son of John... They're defining something about themselves. When God said that God was the father of God, the, the God of Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob, he was talking about Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob's relationship to himself. That because he was their God, they are alive and alive to him. That's Jesus' worse than he's quoting from the part of the Bible they actually believe to say to them, God can't say that he is still the God of Isaac if Isaac is not alive to God. Do you see the logic? I'll say it again. God can't say that he's the God of Jacob if Jacob is dead to God. So no matter what comes, Jesus says to us, it's the power of God that keeps us alive to God. And that, dear ones, is resurrection. And Paul says that when He comes, He will call our bodies from the dust and raise us up and we will be like Him. 1 Corinthians 15, you can check me when you get home. It's in the book. 
something better than the thought of dying and going playing golf in heaven or whatever it is that joke that somebody told you lately. 1 John 5, those who believe in the Son of God had the testimony in their hearts. Those who do not believe in God have made Him a liar by not believing the testimony that God has given concerning His Son. And this is the testimony. God gave us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. Did you notice that John doesn't say God will give us eternal life? Did you notice that he didn't say sometime in the future after we die we will get eternal life? No, he said he has given it to us. It's in past tense. It's in perfect past tense. Which means it has an ongoing reality for every person who ever enters into Christ through faith. For every person who has faith in Christ, they have eternal life because of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Through your faith, you enter into Him who was already raised. And because you are in Him, you are beyond death even now. Though your body die, you will be raised. Jesus said, though they die, yet they live. Do you hear me, church? That's good news. In Mark's Gospel, Jesus told the Sadducees that they were asking Him the question because they didn't believe in the power of God or the Word of God. It is the power of God to raise us from death. If God can bring about life in the first place, why would we believe that God can't raise us? One day, a rich young man came up to Jesus and asked Him what he had to do to have eternal life. And Jesus told him and he didn't like it and he walked away. Then Peter looked at Jesus and said, Look, we've left our homes and followed you. And Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not get back very much more in this age and in the age to come eternal life. Life without end. Devoid of the sin and death that poisoned this world. There will be a new heaven and a new earth and there will be new life for us. We will be transformed, remade, regenerated, whatever word you like. And this is the good news. Though we die, we live. Because God has claimed you, dear ones. Which is why the answer to the question, who is Lord, matters more than any other. Do you have faith in Him? For if you have faith in Him, you have eternal life. Now. And we're invited to live like it, as the saying goes. I hope that you will ponder that this week. As you go about your daily ordeals and doing all your daily things and all of those things are in front of you, and give yourself a chance to think about what it means to be free from all the shackles that bind us. To have promised for you 
Something that is beyond explanation. Something that is beautiful beyond what we could hope for. The only person who knows what it looks like is Jesus. And he didn't see fit to tell us. But John imagined it for us. He said the gates were made of pearl and the streets were made of gold. Because those things are worthless in the kingdom. It's Jesus who is of worth in the kingdom. You can have that now. Because as Jesus said, eternal life is knowing God and knowing Him. You don't have to wait. When I was a teenager, there was this horrible song that I'm pretty sure was number one for 500 million weeks in a row by some guy named Hank Williams Jr. Y'all know who I'm talking about? He sang on that song something like, If heaven ain't a lot like Dixie, I don't want to go. I'm going to tell you, man, if heaven's like this, I don't want to go either. If the new kingdom of God is like what we live now, just count me out. If it's defined by how our relationships are now, where family members treat other family members as if they don't exist, I don't want any more of that, do you? If it's defined by how our marriages are now, do you want that for all eternity? If it's defined by the sport that you love or your vocation now in this life, is that what you want for all eternity? It's not what I want. I rather like the picture of people falling on their feet in worship to Jesus, gathered around the throne of the risen Christ, to be in a place where there's no sun because the Lamb is the light of the world. That's the imagery we have. So I want to encourage you to not pretend like it's just like it is right now. And on the other hand, to remember that you have what it will be in you right now. You have eternal life. And the best thing you can have now is knowing Christ. Amen.